the Discuss Metal Podcast with Matthew, Brian, Aaron, and Tim of Travail. Hosted by Dan Terry. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. Hey, Dave Chappelle vaped on his thing, so I'm going to do it, too. (laughs) Hey, we did a stream the other night uh, with uh, Christian Machado, uh, who was the singer of a band called Il Nino. I don't know if you remember them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. We were talking to him last night for three hours about the uh, about the band Death. Um, Oh, Death. Yeah. He was vaping the whole time, so. Good, good. All right, cool. Yeah. So it's uh, so I don't it's the, look quite as much of a loser as I feel like I look like whenever I do that. <laughs> it's the cool rock star thing to do. So uh, since well, I haven't smoked it over two years, I smoked an actual cigarette. So you know, I guess that's something. That is something. I mean, you're not you're not hacking you're not hacking all over the place right now. So I mean, that's that's got to count for something. Right, maybe who knows? Fuck it. Well, for the uh, for the sake of this being on video, uh, welcome everybody. Um, you guys already know who I am. I'm Dan, uh, and tonight I am sitting down with Matthew, Brian, Aaron, and Tim of Travail. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. And and let me say, just to be fair, we got uh, and I kind of said this to you already, Dan, but uh, you know, you got like two different generations of travail, maybe even three technically well, sort of three. Yeah. I mean, you've got three of the four guitarists. Yeah. Uh, it's all guitarists sitting here. And then me, yeah. no yep. drummer, no bass. Yep. Uh, Cliff. Yep. I don't fucking, I don't know where the fuck that dude is anymore. <laughs> I know where Cliff is. Oh, well, I should ask you to ask him to join. He probably wouldn't join though. <laughs> yeah, he probably not. He's like, don't associate me with that man, please. You guys still talk to Daniel? Oh uh, yeah. Brian, uh, anybody? Uh, Daniel's, I don't know. We don't know what he's supposed to be on. He's probably dicking around doing something. Or he got the time zone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Something like I that. Seen, I haven't seen Daniel and Brian in a long time, but I, you know, I mean, Matt's my best friend. So we, I guess, dude, it's been what, like a year because of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Or over a year now, I think. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Didn't mean to take over there. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, no, so it's funny. We were just talking before, uh, before we started recording about how you're like, yeah, I mean, nobody cares about that stuff anymore. Uh, and you know, we're all comfortable with that. Uh, I've actually found in doing this podcast that a lot more people still care than you would think. Um, <laughs> you know, cause I started, I started this show just because I wanted to talk about bands that I listened to growing up, you know, bands that were formative for me. Um, and it's crazy to see how many people have kind of come out of the woodwork and been like, oh yeah, I remember that band or in certain cases, oh yeah, I was in that band or, <laughs> or things right. like that. Um, and so Travail was always one of those bands that I feel like over the course of time, I don't want to say is forgotten about, but there's not enough, there's not enough media. There's not enough stuff like this, like what we're doing tonight to kind of chronicle, uh, what happened with the band. And for a band that, that was nominated for a Dove award, I don't think that you guys are giving yourselves enough credit, <laughs> you know, as far as playing Man, this kind of music back then. So I just kind of want to jump back to kind of the beginning and and get the ask the generic questions that interviewers ask like uh what made you guys want to start a band and what was it like kind of kind of starting up well, i mean when are we talking here we're talking like what 97 96 96 yeah. okay 96 so what happened was i had always you know having been raised in the church and and, and being a christian and all that stuff uh but always kind of being personally um dissatisfied with you know gospel music you know i'm just i'm talking way the fuck back i was just a just a little guy and because I, I got a good at least five or six years on tim and brian i don't aaron i don't know how old you are uh, how old 40 okay so i got like five six years on everybody here so i was just a little guy and you know and i always loved elvis you know uh, the bgs all that shit so you know, I always wanted to see, and I kind of was always raised in a church and I wanted to do, you know, some version of that, that was, you know, it was Christian or, you know, whatever. And so, uh, as I grew up, you know, I was in different bands with guys I met, uh, played drums first. And then finally it was like, I saw the, the Pantera, uh, video, uh, mouth for war. And I was like, I saw Phil, I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want. And so, you know, that was my, at that point, that was kind of my jumping off 
into doing vocals and uh writing lyrics and all that and uh you know again going to church finally got married super young went to this one church um and met uh daniel who is uh not here for some reason uh and then uh tim and kyle and cliff who are not with us i mean they're i don't know where they are um and so we just decided hey let's start a band and let's you know play music and write and it was it was pretty you know simple you know nothing super technical or crazy uh just we just you know we all wanted to be like what can we do to be an alternative to you know secular music whatever stupid ass shit you know uh i think that's how a lot of bands started out in the early days of of christian you know rock and metal and stuff so anyway that's kind of the beginning so you guys got together started playing and um what was what was the original stuff i mean i'm sure i'm sure what we all ended up hearing on record uh is not what the original uh what the original writing sessions were what kind of what kind of vibe were you were you going for at the beginning or was it always kind of this like almost like sort of corn influence sort of like but like heavier than that sort not of sound really early yeah. it was like so i i went to their first show before i joined the band in fall of 96 and the early stuff was more, I mean, it was real simple, like Matt said, but it was more kind of helmety, you know, kind of like it I, before it, it got heavier after I joined, I think. And, you know, Matt and I were kind of coming up with parts and bring him, bring him to, rest, to the rest of the band and stuff. But it was all sort of drop D kind of mid nineties, stuff like that. Sort of helmety, little prong, prong E, I think if that makes sense. There's probably a little bit of a uh, little, a little bit of hardcore too. Somehow we got yeah. lumped into that that group and I'm not sure why I, just, I don't care, but, uh, but you know, the, I think the other guitarist Kyle was probably, um, you know, he was the, the, yeah. the one song we kept from me prior to me joining a band, uh, was kind of hardcore, I guess. I don't, you know, for the longest time, I didn't even know what, when somebody said, Oh, that's, that's hardcore. I didn't even know what the fuck that meant. I had no clue. Yeah. It's kind of nice back then because it, it seemed like all those, you know, all the way that people label stuff now. I mean, you had that stuff back then, but nobody really gave a shit, you know? Yeah, uh, it, it was just heavy music and there weren't, didn't feel like there were like rules to be able to fit in somewhere or not, you know? I don't know. Yeah, we got called hardcore a lot and I never identified with that either, you know? I mean, I, I remember when, uh, you know, certain records, like you mentioned corn earlier, Dan, you know, when life is peachy came out, that blew our minds. I remember that. And, uh, I remember thinking, you know, that we, we really sounded a lot like that, or we were, we were really going more for sort of that kind of vibe, but like all the kids in DFW were that they were calling us a hardcore band, which was sort of interesting because I didn't, you know, I mean, the hardcore that I listened to was like, you know, minor threat and stuff like that from the eighties. And I, you know, I wasn't super, super in touch with the hardcore scene in the nineties, but uh, yeah, it just, it, it's in the early days, it just sort of evolved, you know, like we would, you know, somebody would bring different pieces of a song to practice and then we would all work on it together. And it just sort of happened, which was to me at least was the cool thing about travail and writing the music is that really everybody had some input, you know, to different levels. I mean, I don't know how the songwriting process changed when, you know, Brian and Dwayne joined the band and when Aaron joined the band, but it was a, it was a, a group effort. I mean, for me as a guitarist, I never really wrote anything complete alone. Like I'd take little parts to Matt and he'd help me put them together and then we'd do it at practice or whatever. Even Daniel wrote some riffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's uh, how was that? How was that received? You know, whenever you're playing music like this, because um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know that at the time, you know, there were already, you know, heavy Christian bands, you know, like Living Sacrifice and Zayo. And there was all the bands from California, like your Overcome and, um, you know, uh, you had Strong Arm in Florida. So you had like all these heavier bands and like focused and stuff. But I'm trying to think um, for something like, you know, uh, Texas. Were were there really even a lot of bands doing that sort of thing in that area at the time? Yeah, we my first show with the band was with Embodiment at uh, the Attic at GPI in Arlington. And, you know, they were just they were more of a straight up kind of traditional death metal band. I think their three song demo tape was out at that point. But we gigged with Embodiment. We opened for them a bunch of times. And the kids, the kids really seemed to like it. You know, I mean, we obviously didn't sound anything like them, but, uh, we, you know, we were way, 
like Matt was saying, I mean, we were way uh, simpler. I mean, we were nowhere near the musicians that those guys were ever. <laughs> there was never, you know, there was never any threat to embodiment standing as the best band in the DFW uh, scene. But uh, yeah, it, you know, I remember, I remember at those gigs in like late 96 and like through the first half of 97, it just, it took off pretty quick. Yeah, we were, we were playing pretty much any show we could and, and uh uh you know start talking about writing a record and like tim said we're we were we were all just kids i mean i was the only one that wasn't a teenager at that point and um uh you know we just started writing a record right or not writing a record like hey we're writing a record i mean we were writing songs and you know we were trying to figure out how to 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 pay for you know recording and and um you know because back then you couldn't just open up your laptop pop a mic in there and you know fucking record and put out a you know studio quality record like you can nowadays you know we had to pay for studio time and and uh so you know that took you know it was four teenagers and me and you know i was 22 you know not didn't go to college so it's not like i had a you know a, a bank account full of money to, to, to pay for this shit you know so, uh, you know, it took some time and, and, you know, dedication and, and, you know, practicing till four in the morning, you know, sometimes. And, uh, you know, which at the time loved, you know, later on in our careers, I fucking hated practicing, but <laughs> worst goddamn thing now. But, <laughs> but anywho, so, you know, we, we, uh, started, I don't remember the exact timeline, you know, but we had recorded uh, like three songs and, uh, and Tim, you can chime in on this part too. Oh yeah, uh, we did. We did record. What was it? Your mind, nothing. And, uh, what was the other one? Was it beaten? An early version of beaten? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Probably. Anyway, we recorded a three song demo. I think we threw it into a crowd one night and I think Brian here caught that. Didn't you? Or was that Peter? Probably Peter. Was it? Okay. I couldn't remember if it was you or him that caught that. It was before Brian was in the band. Just threw a demo right out in the middle of the crowd? Yes. I mean, we literally recorded all day. We got an unproduced demo and hauled ass from Burleson or Joshua, rather, Texas, which is kind of south of Fort, south of Fort Worth. It's a good, you know, I don't know, if to where we were at, it's probably an hour drive. And then all the way from there, all the way out to Arlington. And we had a show and we had like maybe one, maybe two, uh, tapes. And, you know, we were so excited to just give them away, you know? So that was kind of the early recording, you know, the early parts of our, you know, recording and all that shit. So that would have been like what? 97, 98, sometime around there. (laughs) Yeah. Tim, was that? It was 97, I think. Yeah. 97, yeah I, I think we, we put the, the full CD out in like early 98, I want to say. Yeah. Dude, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. God, that was so long ago. Well, uh, when you guys put that first record out, that was just completely independent, right? You guys just put that out by yourselves or? Yeah, sort of. We had the, we had met um, this dude, Steve Inge was his name. And uh, he owned a bike shop, like a BMX shop uh, slash skate shop, uh, not too far from where I'm at right now. And uh, uh, but he also had a couple brands that he had uh, that he did the designs for and all that. Trying to promote them. They're called Poor Boy was one of them. And Allied was the other. Hey, (laughs) we have a visitor. There we go. Anyway, and so he offered to pay for the record. And, uh, so he paid for it. And, and, uh, so we were able to, you know, he didn't really give us a budget per se. He just said, go make a full record and, and, uh, and I'll pay for it. And, uh, and, you know, we put his, you know, logos and stuff on the record and he gave uh, us a bunch of free clothes, a bunch of free clothes. He gave us a bunch of free shit. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, now that was a full length record. Is that, is that a record that is like pre, like pre the Pluto records material. Um, well, cause I don't know if I've, same, I don't know if I've heard that it's the same record. Okay. It's the same record. So we I think we're recorded. You know what? I'll be right back. Sure. <laughs> we recorded like eight or nine songs for that. Um, I can't even remember how many it was. It may have just been eight. 
And then, uh, yeah, that I think is this was right around the time I left. I think they put that out. Brian, you can help me out here. They put that out through Pluto, and then you guys did the EP or the split. Sorry, with Ludacris. Yeah. And then put it all out together after that, I think. Does that sound right? Yeah, so they just put it out on Pluto, and then uh, me and Dwayne joined the band, and then we hit the road, met Ludacris, did the split with them, and then Pluto sold us to Metro One, and then they Metro One remixed, mastered it, and then put it out. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because the CD that I have, yeah, it says, like, tracks... Two, three, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, eleven, and twelve were all from a previous, uh, from a previous session. Yeah. So that was all. That was all the stuff together, including the songs they did after I left. So even though Brian and I were never in the band at the same time, we were all on that record playing different songs. So this is the first. The it's called what is this called? Anchor of my soul. Anchor of my soul. Okay. It had eight songs on it. Those eight songs are all on the one you showed me earlier. Dan. Okay. Okay. So what happened was is um so Pluto signed us and basically took the masters of, of those eight songs. Uh and one more, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um uh and took the masters to Barry Pointer who did Living Sacrifice and Zayo and a bunch of other uh, shit up there in Arkansas. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, and um, so basically the drum sounded so bad, uh, he he singled out the drum tracks and re-recorded the drum tracks through a microphone, like put some speakers in like a, like a you know, a, 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 I can't think of what to call it, but in, in, a, in a soundproof room or whatever, and re-recorded the drums. You know, he was just like, man, this is a fucking mess, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, and uh, and then, you know, we had recorded, you know, the four song or the the split with Ludacris. And, I mean, he did all that, you know, and then put it all together on one out to try to give it some consistency in, in terms of, you know, trying to make it seem like, you know, two basically two different bands did not write all of these songs. It was one band, what he was trying to do. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so how did you guys get hooked up, you know, getting hooked up with, uh, with Pluto records, man, Eric, um, Eric Shari, you know, the guy that started it. Yep. I know Eric. Yep. Yeah. He, I don't remember how Tim, do you remember how we, yeah, he used to, he used to promote shows and he brought us down to Austin a couple of times and we slept on the floor of his shop. You remember that, Matt? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he was always around promoting shows and stuff, and uh, but that 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 Pluto release, I think that came after I left. Yeah, it so did. I, I don't it know did. how that came together. So the way that we—that's the way we met Eric. We played some shows for him. We played with uh, who was that rapper we played with? Uh, Little Rascal. Little Rascal. Little Rascal and New Wine. <laughs> New Wine. That was the dude that was yeah, real scary. Yeah. He looked like Snoop Dogg, but he was about. Yeah. About a hundred pounds heavier. And oh just, yeah, that was an amazing. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of how we got to know or got to know Eric, you know. Um, and then they ended. He ended up moving up here with his family, and uh, you know, we just stayed in. He always came to shows and and sold records and or you know had a table full of you know independent stuff. You know, he he could get stuff from Solid State and and, and all those labels and. So we just got to know him real well and, and, uh, and became friends. And, you know, eventually when, when, uh, he met this other dude, Brian Coble, who I think ended up running Pluto, you know, uh, apart from, I think Eric ended up leaving. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. He left, I think about halfway through the lifestyle lifespan of that later. So Brian Coble took over and, but Eric was still there at the time. And that's whenever he started talking to us about, you know, signing. And, And of course, Tim, Tim had, had left and, but Brian was there and, and, uh, Daniel. And, uh, and so we just said, fuck it. Let's, you know, you know, they, they were, they were on the, on the cusp of, you know, we were the first band they signed, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, then they turn out, you know, horse, the band and, and as I lay dying and, you know, all these bands that kind of went on to, to, to become pretty, you know, pretty decent, you know, bands. So, 
Well, and that's the interesting thing is you guys did this split with Ludacris that, you know, famously went on to be Norma Jean. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's always an interesting period of that band um, that is just seems, seems kind of, I think a lot of fans aren't really aware that they basically had like a career, <laughs> you know, prior to, uh, prior to being Norma Jean. Um, oh. And you even referenced them in a song at one point. Um <laughs> Uh, which is so, so funny because I always thought that was like, it's like, and then I remember Myrtle Beach and all my boys in Ludacris, you know, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blushing right now. If you can't tell, hey, it's all right. As a, t- as a teenager, though, I thought it was awesome. I mean, when I was listening to the record, I was listening to uh, Beautiful Loneliness today while I was uh, doing the dishes. And I, it was like, you know, uh, really, really getting into it again, as far as the teenager goes, uh, that teenager yeah. mindset of like. You know, uh, when you're older and listening to a record, you're like, why did I even like this? But like that record, for whatever reason, despite maybe if some of the lyrics were a little cheesy, um, there was a th- there was a there was a genuine sort of uh, sort of emotion behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Like a and, real and, human yeah. drive to it, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's the, the way that I always wrote. It was always, you know, I wanted to. That's the that was always kind of my motivation, you know, and at the time. The fucking Limp Biscuit was the biggest thing in the world. And I mean, how cheesy are the, you know, his lyrics? I mean, they're, they're pretty fucking cheesy. And, you know, I thought, well, fuck it. If Fred Durst can do it, I could do it too. <laughs> you know, so I was just like, who cares, man? You know, let's just have, let's just have fun. And, and, you know, and I think the, the, you know, I wasn't trying to be pretentious um, in any way. I was just, I was trying to, to, to have fun you know, I was trying to, to, you know, it's not like there's no thought provoking ideas, you know, in our lyrics It's just, I also didn't mind being a little goofy and, you know, like I said, I, I hope, and then certainly always tried to not be pretentious, like, you know, like some other people that we were talking about earlier before we started recording, you know, <laughs> right, right. I just, uh, pretension was always the fucking worst thing, especially for us as a band was you know we weren't signed we weren't you know we were we were big locally and there were we weren't good enough to be pretentious though yeah like we weren't seriously we weren't and that was okay i mean i it like you know our songs were simple i i remember thinking it was really weird that you know like a lot of the because there were a ton of punk bands in like 96 97 98 and they all seemed to really like us and i never i never really understood it at the time but i think it was because our stuff was just sort of simple and fun and catchy and you know it didn't you know it didn't take itself too seriously and we always you know tried to have fun at shows you know we tried to like a lot of like like any any really great live band i mean um and i'm not saying we were fucking queen or anything but you know we <laughs> we had a lot of fun playing live and and um you know we we involved the crowd and you know when we when we especially when we played locally um we'd pack that that club 412 was the our kind of our house you know where we played it was like our home field basically yeah and dude we there'd be you know and it wasn't a huge place you know but 400 three 400 people would pack it out and it just looked like a, a fucking ocean of people you know just back and forth just the whole place was and uh so you know we had a good time it was fun but now as a 42 year old man that sounds horrible yeah yeah <laughs> I don't want to do it again. I mean, shit. Oh, this whole call's not going to end with you guys being like, you know what? Let's go ahead and put another one out. Let's do a quick uh, acoustic show, three guitars, and metal rap over some guitars. Five hundred dollars to show up in person to see it. Yeah. yeah and by the way, Dan, we'll send the bill after this interview's over. Oh yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll uh, just stand by the mailbox and wait for me to mail the check to you. Just if it's not there yet, just wait longer. Like right, it's cool, definitely cool. on its way. Awesome. Uh, but. You guys were interesting. So my, me and my friend, buddy, we, we were really into like the Christian music stuff when we were in high school. Uh, and there was a time where we felt like bands, like it didn't, it didn't get any better than stuff like POD, um, and, and, and project 86 and, and spoken and like those sort of bands. And, um, in a lot of ways, it still doesn't get much better than spoken, but like, I do think that like, you know, you know, Aaron here was in spoken on that last record, right? I did. I was throwing him a bone there on that one. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, no, I, I love spoken, but uh, the biggest thing about travail is whenever we heard the CD. So before, before we started listening to heavier stuff, uh, we were very much like, okay, I like screaming. Screaming's cool, but 
it's got to have some like melodic singing in it or have some sort of like rapping or something like that. And it wasn't until we heard beautiful loneliness, which I, again, famously basically stole from my friend. Um, at a, I stole it from his bedroom at a Bible study. He told me I could borrow it, but then I just never returned it to him. Um, yeah, I'll bring that back. I'll put it in the mail. So, and if it's not there in a little bit, just wait longer. Right? Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're starting to pick up on my, on my schemes here. Um, but, uh, once we heard beautiful loneliness, it was just like, no going back. We were like, no, you know what? All screaming all the time. Yes, please more. You know, um, that yeah. was, and it was really through that record that I started listening to stuff like Ludacris and Zayo and embodiment and like society's finest and like bands like that. It was like, it was like just heavy enough for us to realize that like, Oh, there's this whole other genre of music out there. That's like way heavier than this, like radio rock stuff that we're listening to because the Christian radio rock stuff really wasn't that good. It was just trying to sound it like was whatever was popular. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was generic. It was, you know, uh, but the heavy bands, for whatever reason, in the Christian scene during those years were actually more, more unique, at least as far as from what my perspective was. And Travail was a, was a huge, uh, a huge stepping point uh, for us uh, to kind of start checking out stuff like this. Like in a lot of ways, I wouldn't be doing a show about heavy music if I hadn't listened to that record and been like, oh, yeah, I need to start listening to stuff like this, like, <laughs> like all the time. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. It didn't uh, didn't give me a lot of girlfriends, but yeah. It didn't get any better than some of those bands you mentioned, like Embodiment and uh, Zayo. You know, I mean, I can remember we opened for Zayo in 97, I think, before they had their lineup change and before Blood and Fire came out. And then we opened for them again um, after Blood and Fire came out, or right around the time it was coming out in Austin. And they were the craziest live band I'd ever seen in my life. Um, just so good. And that, to me, was just mind-blowing that a band could be that heavy and that good and that energetic live at some tiny little club. Uh, that blew my mind, too. Yeah, that was a, that was something special seeing them Yeah, after... Uh, I, I guess yeah, it's probably right after Blood and Fire came out, and they had they had the the new lineup with Dan and uh, Brett and oh, Ru- and Russ, and then Jesse was you know still the drummer. I remember that they that came was- out, you know, they had on like those uh, studded belts, and they had their you know their hair all combed back with like brill cream or something like they were out of the fifties. And at first, I thought it was they went so crazy live, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I was like, oh my god this is the craziest thing i've ever seen and then i remember we came back uh and played a show like a week or two after that or maybe a month i don't remember how long it was and you could see the influence they had on other bands that we were playing with and on all the you know the kids in the scene and stuff they started dressing like that more super into the style i mean they were zeo i think you know from that generation is probably the most influential band i mean it that that to me is really like the birth of metalcore, you know, way back then in the late nineties. Um, they were just so good. They were such nice guys too. They were really cool. Yeah, for sure. Then they're still good. They're still just that good. Yeah. I saw them. Yeah, they're um, still the one good band from Christian metal that is just, they've, they've had a lot of different members and I think they're back to like the blood and fire lineup. Maybe I, except for Brett, I don't think Brett's, Brett's not in it, but Brett's I think gone for a while. But Russ and Dan and Scott are in it. Jesse yeah. is not. Yeah, yeah. I knew Jesse was gone. And Scott, they, yeah. They put out so many good records. They were so yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Zayo is my favorite band. So I could, I could, I got to get off this or else we're going to end up talking about Zayo for the rest of the night. Yeah. But like, you know, what was interesting for me about you guys is that it seemed like it was very, um, you had a lot of for, forward momentum, at least from a fan perspective, you'd gone from Pluto. And then I guess you guys, did you sign to Metro one or did, did Pluto just kind of like give the band to that label? Uh, they sold us for, a, 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 I don't know, 15 or 20 grand. Brian, do you remember? They never told us. Did they not? I, th- I thought it. I thought they had told us it was fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. Huh? I think it was around. I think like years later they said, you know, maybe something like that. But I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Hey, uh, one of the one of the the things we did uh, benefit uh, from being on Metro One. We'll go ahead and get this out of the way, is we got to go to. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but it was some like. Um, uh, 
some show, some musical at Reunion Arena in Dallas before they tore it down. And uh, it was the worst thing ever. And we got and we got to uh, meet uh, uh, Crystal, whatever her name was, Crystal Lewis. Um, she like hopped off her giant bus <laughs> and said, "Oh, hey, you guys are traveling." And I think it was just me and Daniel. Were you there, Brian? I was about to say I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was just me and Daniel, our drummer, and he and I had had gone to that, and uh, or maybe it was me and Dwayne. Hell, I don't. It might have been Dwayne. Anyway, it's more like a Dwayne thing. <laughs> it might have been Dwayne because. I don't think Daniel had met her till he went on tour with spoken for that one tour yeah. uh, uh, and went to California with him. So anyway, so yeah, we got to go to a really terrible Christmas. It was a Christmas musical at that <laughs> at reunion arena for free. So we didn't have to pay for it. So, <laughs> well, they can oh, give you free stuff without having to like pay you. Right. Like that's <laughs> That's the label yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we got one Royal royalty check for maybe 150 bucks. Maybe. Yeah. Let's split that, guys. Let's split that, you know, yeah. five different ways. All right. I think we just put it in the band phone. It was like, fuck this. this yeah. Anyway. Can make that easy with t-shirts in one night. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, the elephant in the room really is that, you know, with a band that had momentum, you guys had a video uh, for uh, Returns or Return. And, um, you know, I actually watched that video earlier. Nobody has a high quality version of that video on YouTube. It's very... Mm-hmm. Very annoying. Uh, but uh, you guys had that video, and it looks like it was getting airplay, at least probably on the Christian alternative cable network. Um, I don't even remember what they were called. They were like Sky TV or something. I don't remember what they were called. Uh, but. There's a logo on one of them. The, whenever I do end up showing it to people, which isn't often, but I have shown people over the years, you know, new friends that I've made or whatever. Sure. And I... I I keep wanting to say Univision, even though I know that's not it. It might have been. Uh, well, I don't think so. It's something, something else. But anyway, um, but yeah, you guys had that video, and you were actually nominated for like best like hard rock like in the Christian scene. Um, you know, at like a Dove Award. Did you guys actually like go to that award ceremony? We sure did. Me and uh, me and Brian were there. Um, I don't think Aaron, you didn't, you hadn't joined the band yet, had you? No. And Tim was long gone chasing his career. It was uh, Daniel and Dwayne. Yeah, it was me, Brian, Daniel, and Dwayne. Yeah, we we fucking drove up to Tennessee and and uh, was it the Grand Ole Opry? I guess is that where it was at, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we went in there, and the funny thing is, is we were nominated. I don't remember the other bands. The only band I remember also being nominated was Chevelle hmm. for their for their first record. Uh Point number yeah. one, I think that was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chevelle POD and somebody else POD one, I think. I thought Chevelle won. I thought it was POD. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I guess it doesn't really matter. But anyway, we didn't win, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. They're, well, I mean, POD is just going to win everything, right? Like that's well, at that point, they're literally the biggest band, and you know, in Christian music at that point. So it sounded like you guys were pretty like staunchly in the Christian music industry. Um, I don't necessarily know by choice necessarily, but just in that um, you guys were a Christian band. And was that kind of at that time, was it like, that's just the scene that you had to be in or was there like ever any attempt to kind of branch away from that? Uh, Anybody else can certainly speak to this if you'd like. Um, You know, it was always, you know, early on, we were so young and, and, and naive and, you know, we just wanted to serve Jesus, you know, and, and so, um, you know, initially it was intentional, but the idea was always to kind of break out of that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, as you, as you grow and as you change and as you mature and you start thinking about things differently and seeing things differently, you know, even at that point, you know, I still consider myself a Christian. And so, um, I wanted to be a part of that. Um, you know, but some of the things that we saw, um, other people doing, not that we certainly were not saints, I don't, don't get it twisted there. Um, it was just a real turnoff. And so, um, it, you know, eventually it just led to this fucking bullshit. It's all bullshit. You know, the, 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 the Christians part of it, not necessarily the playing shows and, you know, the fans was, they were always great and, and, and fun to, 
chat with and all that stuff. So, Brian, you, you might want to speak to that. You were there at that time. Dude, my favorite show is when we played with Clutch at the Bronco Bowl. Oh. Breaking away from, like, the church scene and, like, playing a legit club with a legit band in front of a, you know. Yeah. Bronco Bowl was legit, man. I remember that night, yeah. I forgot y'all played with Clutch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. big one. Yeah. Clutch probably forgot too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being like real devastated afterwards because it was kind of our first big opening like that. And like we were jacked about it. And that club was full of people who did not give a shit that we were on stage. Man. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, they were waiting on, they were waiting on Clutch, man. And they were like, I mean, there are a few people there that were, you know, yeah. one of the one of the ladies uh, from the local, you know, rock station. I think wasn't it, Brian? Uh, one of that wasn't Cindy Skull, was it? Man, I thought maybe not. Maybe I'm misremembering. But anyway, you know, there was there were some some yeah. people that were into us, but it was you know mostly people just were like, "What the fuck is this bullshit? Where's Clutch?" You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunately the price you pay for playing with like a massive band like that is everybody's just you know and you can't even blame them. I mean, there's tons of times where no. I've I've just stood there, you know, like this, waiting for whoever you know <laughs> that I want to see. Yeah, um, absolutely, but no, that's a that's a big show. Um, and I guess I just I guess just to rip this scab off right now, like I mean, what happened? I mean, it seemed like you guys had kind of a a good momentum going from a fan perspective, but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, where, yeah. what ultimately led you guys to decide to kind of, I don't even necessarily think you guys quit as much as just kind of shifted over to doing a different band. If I'm not, if I'm not wrong. Well, Matt, you do what now? So Matt turned into a pompous asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 Perfect. And that's not at all untrue. So, um, you know, at the time still being Christian, um, you know, I, I had this kind of view and, 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 uh, view on how people should be and act and, and, um, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think Brian and Daniel and Dwayne were acting right, if I'm being honest. And so, uh, and my wife at the time was, you know, pregnant and I thought, you know what, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Um, fuck these guys. Um, I'm out. And so, uh, you know, and like Brian said, I was being, uh, I was being a prick and self-righteous and, and, uh, but you know, I did it nonetheless. And, and, uh, and so that's kind of what happened. And I just said, I'm done. And, uh, because of these reasons and, uh, it was just a big dumb fucking, it's what religion does in general. In my mind, it, it, it splits people up, and and uh, fortunately, we were kind of able to, you know, overcome, you know, that later in later years. But um, it was like we we didn't talk for fucking years, Brian. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, it was it, we didn't we did not like each other for a while. Well, that's I mean, as shocking as that might sound to somebody that's just listening, it's like, oh, well, how do you know? Uh, I grew up, I very much grew up in that environment too, that Christian environment where it's, you get, it's, it's understandable from the perspective of you're raised a certain way. And for whatever reason, you've lived your life up to that point, not really ever question, you know, kind of questioning that stuff and, and all that. Right. Cause I've been there. I've, I've been in bands before. And like, you know, I remember, I remember yelling at a dude that was filling in on bass for us one time because he was smoking a cigarette outside of a, outside of a church show. And, um, yeah, like that's right. I look back on stuff like that with like so much cringe that I'm just like, I, I don't even know how yeah. something like that could happen. So whenever you say that it makes, unfortunately you're right. It makes total sense from the Christian band perspective, right. <laughs> you know? And, I, and I'm, and I'm frankly, you know, when I think about it, 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 it's a little embarrassing, a lot embarrassing that I couldn't, you know, I, I just, I couldn't get past it. And, you know, it sucks, but, you know, but, you know, fuck, dude, that was, God, I don't even know how long, two, 2000, 2001, I think was the last Travel show that I played. And so, you know, I just, I, I couldn't get past, I couldn't let it go. And, uh, unfortunately, and, uh, but, you know, here we are now, Brian's still a friend. I'm in a text thread on my phone with him where he talks shit all the time. So <laughs> he just quit. He excommunicated me, Daniel. <laughs> 
excommunicated from the church. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know that I did that. Oh, you helped. You ate it. <laughs> so well like you show up at church and they're just like no buddy you can't go in well first of all those motherfuckers first of all they never fucking went to church so let's let's you know make sure we <laughs> oh okay we so they were like real sinners okay i got actually it we went to church here <laughs> oh my gosh elders got together it was, a big <laughs> it, was, it was a certified letter and everything jeez <laughs> that's right it, it, it's it's a it, it, talking about it in this context. It, you look back and you're like, "What the? F- <laughs> like, God, Matt, I never knew you went that far. You were a dick. Jeez, I, I still have a letter somewhere. You got a certified uh, letter, hey, Tim. Tim, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker here. So let's let's tell a little side story. We'll take a little side mission here. So w- before we found Aaron to play with us. Uh, we, we we were constantly talking about finding a second guitarist, and you know just to thicken it up a little bit, and you know, um, whatever. So when Tim quit uh, after about two years, and I was I was so hurt by that. I was so fucking pissed. I was like, what? we're we're the biggest thing around here. Like, wh- you know, why would you do this? <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, because his parents were sending him to college, and and you know, and he had, you know, real aspirations to be his, I don't know if he wanted to be a historian at the time, but you know, that's, that's, he was afforded that opportunity, which is, you know, now and he's my best friend. And and so, you know, I can't imagine him having stayed in travail. I mean, it was yeah. fucked. He fucked that. So anyway, so I don't know, a year or two, once Brian and, and Dwayne had joined, um, well, you know, we were always talking about, you know, let's get a second guitar, let's get a second guitar. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking call Tim. And we didn't talk all that much. And um, and so I, I I guess I called him or I don't remember I don't remember how we got reconnected, Tim. Do you remember? I don't remember. Uh-uh. Uh, well anyway, so we ended up me and and uh Brian and and uh Daniel and Dwayne met met Tim at a Taco Bell that was inside a gas station. <laughs> the best kind. Why. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why we met there in particular, but anyway, we were just like, you know, we'd like you to come try out, basically, you know, to rejoin the band, and and uh, so he did, and we we're like, all right, cool. You know, that means you know, about two weeks passed, and we we're like, Daniel was like, hey, we want Tim to play, you know, like half this set with us, you know, just half the set. That way, he just like plays songs he already knows that he wrote. <laughs> you know, previously. And, and then we'll go. I learned there. one or two of Brian's songs. I remember. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I couldn't remember. Um, but anyway, so push comes to shove. Tim just calls and says, man, I can't play. I can't play. I can't play. My, my, my amps jacked. I'm like, bro, we fucking know every band that's going to be on that bill. You can borrow somebody's head. He's like, no, nah, man, no, nah, no, nah, I, I can't do it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and that was it. I didn't talk to Tim for 10 years after that. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't quite 10 years. It was, <laughs> Five or six years, seven years, maybe. But uh, maybe I was, eight, I, was torn. I I quit because it felt right. But I was I was torn between wanting to be in the band and you know wanting to do music and stuff, but also wanting to finish my degree and go on to graduate school. And uh, it was that was a rough couple years for me. But uh, you know it worked out in the end. Yeah. Was there any type of attempt to continue the band after you left, or did you just leave the band? Was there ever any attempt by the rest of you guys to like get a different singer or to try to do, you know, try to keep the band going? Brian? So there was a Dallas band called South 40. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember them or not. Uh, he's, he's not from Dallas, Brian. He's from St. Louis. Okay. Um, so their singer, Kyle, reached out to us and asked to join the band. And uh, we wrote like seven, eight songs. Played one show, and we were like, fuck this. <laughs> it didn't go well. It was just dumb. It just it didn't feel right. Everything about it was was awful. Yeah, we just called it quits. And then uh it's hard to replace me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis and Chase from Logic 34 called us up and was like, You guys should move to Memphis and join our band. So like a, a week after that, that's what we moved up there. So yeah. So I'm going to do a little bit of uh, what I like to call Wikipedia. I don't call it. I'm ripping this off of a different website. Um, a little bit of Wikipedia uh, fact checking. Um, so it says that you guys started a band 
called Southern Train Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Is that true? That was me and Brian, and then our drummer Daniel uh, from Travail, and then uh, Dwayne, uh, the bass player from Travail. Okay, so how long was that after Travail had broken up? Was that, I guess this is after you guys had kind of buried the hatchet on a lot of this stuff? Oh, yeah. We had a big, long discussion before we really started getting into writing music and stuff. And I think it was 09, Brian. Was that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was 09. Yeah. So 09 and then all the way up through, I guess it's two years ago, we played our last show, maybe. Has it been that long? I think so. Longer than that. Uh, Might have been longer than that. Three years, maybe. Yeah. It's been been four years. At least four years. My kiddo's four. So. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess it's been four years. Yeah. Yeah, we did that for a while. That was much better music. Uh, sounded better. The the, the structure of the songs were better. The lyrics were better. You know, no no songs about playstations and way stations. Oh come on, that was awesome. I mean, those rhymes were so fat you took them to a way station. I mean, it's just <laughs> you're just saying a sentence. I don't even know how that's how that's cheesy. No, it just is what it is, right? I would say I probably probably my favorite lyric off that CD though was the cannot fall like the devil got to whack him with a shovel like I just <laughs> stuff like that dude like me and my friends were just we so were pumped. it's so dumb but it's we were pumped for it you know whenever yeah. we heard it because we were so you know I don't want to use the word brainwash but maybe that is a good way good word to use um, but I mean we were so into it at the time it got you hyped dude it got you hyped it did it was like it was one of those things where it's like yeah see my lifestyle choices are valid and they're cool and there's this band that you know is reaffirming that for me these lifestyle choices that I've made even though I'm like what like 16 and have never made like an actual legitimate lifestyle choice you know what i mean like <laughs> at any point but yeah, uh and you're thinking if the devil fucks with me i'm gonna whack him with a motherfucking shovel yeah man i play doom like i know how it goes like <laughs> that's just what you do that's why i, I wrote lyrics for 16 year old boys yep <laughs> did very well yeah <laughs> i loved that like i was a huge fan of that record i mean before i moved there to play with you guys like I, I, I kind of, you know, devoured the entire shelf of heavy music at my local Christian retailer. And that it was a game changer, man. I just I I had myself and, and two buddies of mine just like that record alive just because it was kind of a, 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 a it was a, a break from pretty much anything else we've been listening to. I, I mean yeah, I was a f- fan before I was in the band for sure. That's it's always nice to hear those things. Believe me, I mean, uh, from anybody. I mean, it's, uh, I've got this scrapbook of old flyers, and God, we, had, we had people writing us from Brazil, and and you know, uh, which was really bizarre. And um, you know, when people tell you, you know, they they love what you're creating, regardless of how good it actually is, you know, it, it, it makes you feel, uh, uh, necessary. It makes you feel, you know, good and, and loved and, you know, who, who don't want to fucking feel that way? You know what I'm saying? Hey, keep it out in there, woman. <laughs> I was a big fan of, uh, of everything you guys did afterwards too. Southern train and everything. I, I thought that shit was great. So. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to check that band out because I have not listened to it. Um, at all really but uh i'm gonna have to check it out some music journalist i am but like um no i had never heard that band but now i'm kind of more interested now that i know that it's a real thing because i heard the band name and i was all like there's no information about that other than the fact that they did it (laughs) you know that i can find um did you guys release uh release albums and and all that okay yeah we got one full length and one ep that we did i've got a fucking shit ton of both Daniel, uh, after this thing, I'll get your address. I'll ship them to you. Sure. No, that'd be, and, that'd be there's awesome. a bunch, a bunch of, we have a channel on YouTube that, um, you can check out too. Okay, cool. I'll sub to you guys. I'll sub to that right afterwards and give me something to, give me something to chomp down on tonight. Cause, uh, you won't, you won't get any new content, but you know, you'll get all the old content. Yeah. It's all good to me. Um, and so I guess you guys are not doing that band anymore. Uh, yeah, I guess as <laughs> of so four years ago, uh, <laughs> Just too too fucking old, man. Tired of that shit. Tired of dude. I was talking about this with a friend last night. Just two day hangovers and fucking. You know, it just ugh, <laughs> the worst. I got sick too. That kind of yeah. Wind out of everything. Yeah, he said. He said Dwayne got sick. Dan, I was I was telling you about that. Yeah, that and sucks. that kind of 
put a damper on things for at least for a year or so. And then, uh, you know, whatever. Well, what have you guys been, uh, what have you guys been up to since? First. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe minus 2020 because none of us have been up to anything, but you know, yeah. just fucking working. I got, got remarried. Of course, you know, I got divorced in 2010 and then, uh, went wild for a bit and had some fun and then met this wonderful woman I'm married to now and just working and, you know, put her through school and I mean, nothing super crazy or exciting. So married with a four-year-old work. I'm married. I have an 18 year old stepdaughter. I live in Amarillo, Texas. Now I teach at a university out here. Oh, tenure professor. That's over awesome. Here. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I just, uh, man, I, I never got married never had any kids. You ain't married. No, no, man. Just, uh, Never could make it work. I don't as know. good looking as you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I yeah, just never did it. Um, this kid it, used to have dreads, Dan. I don't know if you ever. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked like Sunny from POD, but really skinny and. Oh, uh, down to my ass! I, I finally cut him in two thousand. Oh, did you get him that long? Did you grow him that long? Oh, I had him for nine years. Yeah, I oh, shit. cut him in cut him in spring of two thousand eight, I think, and they were almost, they were almost down my waist. They got to one of those things that's so inconvenient and you don't realize how inconvenient it is because it's happening slowly and you just it's what you're used to. And then once I got rid of them, I was like, what have I been doing? <laughs> how hard, how hard is it to clean dreads? Yeah. Why the fuck did I like, why did I have these? <laughs> uh, no, man, like I, I don't know. I played, yeah, I toured with spoken for two years and then left the country for about a year. Um, and then, then I've just been, man, I kind of just kind of settled into a groove with the job and I estimate and manage projects for a subcontractor and that's about it. Just, yeah. Like Brian said, just go to work. Real, <laughs> in, real interesting stuff. People yeah. want to hear about it. Yeah. Hey, together anymore. It's stability, really, it's stability, man. Like, no, I, I, I personally just like hearing that stuff. Knowing everybody's doing well. Like I yeah. never want to like find out that somebody that was in a band that I like is homeless or, you know what I mean? Or like has had, you know, uh, or, or that they tried to live the dream and then failed. And then now they're like, you know, <laughs> in a bad place. So, uh, yeah, maybe people don't want to hear that stuff, but I, I don't know. It always, always makes me feel good hearing it. Um, and you know, as far as what I've been up to, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I do a YouTube show and a podcast. That's, that's it. Um, Daniel's kind of living the best of both worlds. What, what is Daniel doing? Daniel is, I don't even know what his job title is. Daniel gets paid to travel around the country and party. What? Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. He paid yeah. a lot of money to do it. Wait, who does he work for? Uh, Multimedia Solutions. Okay. That makes sense, actually. Um, yeah, they put fucking audio into fucking Mark Cuban's house and other rich people. Yeah, so they hang with cool people and go to parties and oh, stuff, and they yeah. probably set up, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's actually a, that's actually a very profitable industry uh, oh, for sure cool. because your t- your entire clientele is loaded. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it, oddly enough that may, like thinking about Daniel that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> oh yeah, well, hell, him and Brian used to do direct TV for years. Oh really? No joke. That's oh, I used yeah. to do direct TV. Oh, that shit, and then you know. I don't remember exactly what happened, but you know, they both stopped doing that. And Daniel got, was doing contracting for his dad or something. And then somehow got hooked up with this other company and, and uh, somebody's was it might, maybe Mikey worked there already or something, Brian. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So that's. He started out as an installer and now he's like pretty much like vice president of operations or whatever. <laughs> that's awesome. I wish I'd have stuck with that kind of work. That direct TV. I just got tired of walking on people's roofs. You know, like that just <laughs> ugh, it was it was it was just too much of a t- too much of a terror inducing sort of thing, especially when it was like really cold outside and like you're just ready to really really steep roofs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's probably at the what? Probably at the playoff game. Which to, one? I don't know. Oh. Getting arrested somewhere. They didn't want to just drop everything and do this. <laughs> right. Son of a bitch. I gave you a week notice. Come on, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, guys, I really, I really appreciate you guys coming on and doing this. Um, just, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I know Matt, when I'd reached out to you, I guess it was like a year ago now. Um, I, I remember your response being essentially like, yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. Like, but 
do you think anybody actually would care? You know, anybody cares? And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then um, I know we were talking about getting something together. And then um, that kind of fell apart because I want to say like we were, I want to say in like February 2020, you were talking about maybe reaching out to the other guys. And then, you know, we just had 2020, you know, <laughs> up until up until now. Um, and so, yeah, that it, it definitely uh, put an axe to that plan. But I'm I'm really happy that we got to do this because. Um, I mean, this, this record right here, I mean, this, this thing, it, it meant a lot to me and it meant a lot to a lot of people. Like I'm still on Facebook. I'm not like super, super into Christian music anymore, but whenever, uh, I'm still on all those Facebook groups and all that stuff where they talk about, uh, all those Christian bands and stuff from back in the day. And it's not that, I mean, it's pretty often people will still throw a picture of that record up there and be all like, you guys remember these guys They, you know, they were so cool. You know, they, they were around back in like 2000 and like everybody's always got something positive to say. And it was a really, really cool record. It, and it makes me happy that you guys are all friends, um, that you're, that you're, that you're doing well. And, uh, and I'm glad that we got to do this because now I feel like this is the most definitive, uh, kind of history of the band, you know, that, well, that exists online. I was going to say, um, you know, if the response is good, we could always do this again. And, and there's a lot more stories that we haven't even told <laughs> for and, sure. And, uh, you know, um, well, our first tour, um, uh, our s- uh, second tour was we, we, we toured, uh, with ludicrous. Um, you know, I think our third tour was the one where Aaron had joined and, yeah. uh, you know, we played cornerstone. So, you know, there are stories that have yet to be told, you know, so if people, if people care enough, then holler at me and we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely down to do that. Uh, anytime, whether people care or not, you know, that's, <laughs> uh, I do these, I do these podcasts for me, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad people listen to them and like them and stuff but uh but it's a lot of it is just fueling my own curiosity about things and um so this is really cool i just want to thank all you guys for coming out and uh we're coming i mean coming out i.e clicking a link and then <laughs> sitting in front of a computer uh and and talking for for an hour so yeah just thank you guys so much and um you know yeah definitely down to do a part two at some point cool thanks, thanks man thanks for having us. thank you and that was my chat with travail you know, this is an interview that I never thought that I was going to get. Travail was one of my favorite heavy Christian hardcore metal, whatever you want to call them, bands. Uh, they were definitely heavy, and they were one of the first bands that I ever heard that combined, you know, Christian lyrics with, you know, super brutal downtune <laughs> guitars. Obviously, that opened me up to a whole world of music like that, and then obviously I went even beyond that over time as a music fan but i'll tell you travail has always held a very special place in my heart and so it was really really cool getting to talk to not one not two not three but four members of the band uh to get their story to figure out you know exactly what happened to this band and how influential they seem to be for a lot of people and you know there really there really aren't interviews like this with this band so I'm, I'm really happy that you guys got to hear it and this year i have so many more cool interviews lined up very similar to this and uh if you want to see the visual version of this uh, i actually have a copy of this interview on my youtube channel uh if you go to youtube and search for discuss metal dan make sure you're subscribed to my youtube channel uh to get video interviews just like this one if you watch it on the youtube it's raw it's uncut and uh even has some pretty funny uh moments that uh you know that didn't get edited out and so uh, if you're into that really raw cool stuff then awesome and if you're a patreon subscriber then you've already seen it so uh hats off to you guys i want to thank you so much for checking out this episode if you want to leave any kind of feedback on discuss metal make sure to send us an email at dan and joe show gmail.com check us out on facebook along with discography discussion at facebook.com slash discography discussion follow us on instagram at discuss metal on twitter at discuss metal you can also join our discord server and there'll be a link in our show notes that'll take you to our discord server where people from all around the world are chatting about the show and metal in general pretty much all the time there's a great community over there if you guys want some discography discussion merch you can check out our teespring store where we have shirts we have coffee mugs we have cell phone cases we have very comfortable socks hoodies all kinds of stuff over there with the discography discussion logo on it we are working on a discuss metal logo that we will unveil here in probably about a month or so 
definitely make sure to stay on me on that because I'm very, very, very excited about it. And uh, guys, as always, keep giving us band suggestions. Give us suggestions on people that you'd like to hear us talk to on Discuss Metal. And you can find our other podcasts all at DiscussMetal.com. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. There's more to come. <laughs>